Hello, friends. We are in a very difficult time right now. So Jessica and I are bringing this episode to you as a form of hope and encouragement in a time where it seems like hope is pretty non-existent. We want to use this episode to encourage you to take it a little easier on yourself. But one thing we don't really cover in this episode is taking it easier on others. There's a lot of information out there right now, and while we may not agree on these very sensitive topics, please focus on the underlying message, which is to bring you hope. And when you see others out there taking this apocalyptic situation differently than you do, try to be a little easier on them. They are doing the best they know how in a completely unfamiliar situation, just like you are. But for now, Here's some encouragement on how to be a little easier on yourself. Enjoy the show. Do you ever feel like you are the only one living a life that is too hard to handle? Welcome to the In Raw Life podcast, where we're going to talk about real life in its raw form. Each week, we'll dive into the stuff that nobody really likes to talk about because it's uncomfortable, painful, a little awkward, or just weird. We want to normalize all of that and help you realize that you can live out your dream even in life's messiness. I'm Sierra. And I'm Jessica. And we're living our dream lives in real life, in raw life. Being a better human means that we're all equal. Nobody is better than me, and I'm no better than anybody else. Welcome back to the In Raw Life podcast. We are glad that you're here today. This is actually interrupting our regularly scheduled podcast that just started last week because we find it really important to talk about what's going on right now too. And we want to make sure that we are getting this information out now. Yes, we. there's a lot going on right now and we're not going to take this time to preach about social distancing or ridicule about memes or anything like that, we wanted to come to you to talk about life in quarantine and life under crisis and what that does to your mental health. We have some practical steps that we want to give you to help you get through all of this stuff that's going on in your head, as well as maybe some entertainment through it because <laughs> Lord knows we're trapped in our house. We need it. <laughs> we, we haven't done this yet because, well, this is only our second episode, so we haven't really done anything yet. But in future episodes, we're going to do something called a rawality check where we check in on what's going on with the day. But I feel like right now we just need to do a rawality check about what's going on with our lives in general, wouldn't you say, Justin? Yeah, how we're how we're coping or reacting. I mean, I think the entire world is going through a reality check right now. Yeah. So what the reality check is, to give you an idea, is it's a Jessica and I just want to be able to bring out what we're actually going through. So it's not like, oh, we've got our lives together because we podcast. Like, no, our lives are crazy and hectic too. We want to show you that you're, you can have hardships in life, but still come at it from a positive attitude that you don't have to be perfect all the time, but that you also don't have to, to dwell in the hardships either. So that being said, should we give a little reality check of how we've been handling the wonderful dreaded COVID-19? Yeah, sure. I think it's hilarious that they call it the novel COVID-19, first of all. like, Well, that's when it was brand new. Like, novel has such a charm to it. Well, not novel means new. I know, but it just, like, like all of the times it's used, it's usually sweet. I know. It, it makes it sound like it's more regal than it is, or special. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh. Novelty. What a novel. Yeah. What a novel virus. <laughs> what a novel virus. <laughs> so, anyway... Jessica, tell me, how has it been treating you so far? Well, you know, now that I'm being asked about it, this kind of started back at the very beginning for me, because the second it was kind of coming out, I realized my family's probably not going to China this year like we thought we were. 
because my family was supposed to take a family trip to China at the end of April for my stepbrother's wedding. And I knew pretty quickly it wasn't happening. They were kind of holding out to make sure it became pretty apparent pretty quickly. But that, you know, in a sense, it was a relief, to be honest, because then that was something off my plate right now that then I could think about later because we will do it one day. Mm -hmm. The real, you know, maybe this is how I cope with hard things in life. I usually, it, I don't know, it doesn't feel like it affects my every, no, it's not that it doesn't affect my every day, but like, I just, it doesn't take over me, I guess. Cause it's not like Mm -hmm. I've had like this big breakdown or freak out or anything like that. Honestly, the most that I've reacted to it is a week ago Sunday when even though we knew the announcement was coming all day that South Carolina schools were going to close for however long, the announcement when I actually heard the governor say it, I like cried a little bit because then it's actually like at my doorstep. It's not something that's other people are dealing with. It's actually, it's affecting my daily life and my family's daily life now. And that's crazy. And then ever since just a few times when I hear usually about like schools or like when I heard that her school district was doing this amazing thing, uh, amazing way of taking care of handing out meals to the kids that usually get provided meals at school that made me cry. And like little things like that have made me cry and realize everything else. I can only roll with the punches and and keep going and keep, you know, having faith and knowing that God's going to help me do whatever the next right thing is. So that's kind of what I've been going with. But yeah, I've definitely had like a few times where I cry and I've also been watching, I don't know if this is related at all or not, because I'm just sensitive right now or because I'm on my period, but I've been watching The Masked Singer on Hulu (laughs) and that has got me all up in my feels and I'll like cry in happiness for them. And I'm like, is this because... I'm a wuss now. Is it because I'm so emotional over the coronavirus stuff? Is it just, I don't know what's going on with me. But yeah, I've been a little teary-eyed lately. But but it's not <laughs> anything crazy or anything. I'm, I guess I'm mostly just rolling with the punches. So, so far. I, I mean, and it's one of those things where you're like, oh, is this going to hit me really, really hard one day all of a sudden? And I don't, I'm not going to know what to do? Or is this just how I handle things? And I think it's just how I handle things. So. Probably. Check in, you know, 24 hours from now, maybe. Because <laughs> that's how fast this thing is changing. You. But Sierra, how how are you handling the novel virus? I'm quite the opposite. I am flat out losing it. No, not quite. But I did have my, my breakdown, which my mother-in-law says every Christmas you should just schedule your breakdown. And I feel like that's the same for the coronavirus. Maybe, Jessica, you just need to schedule your breakdown because it'll probably Maybe. happen. So, <laughs> no, I don't wish it upon you if you can get through this without a breakdown. I am an organized scheduler and list maker. <laughs> yeah. So, my, I was doing fine with it at first. I was just like, oh, whatever, you know, everybody's worried. And I mean, I think all of us kind of took it really lightly at first. Like, ugh, what did, you know, everyone's freaking out about nothing or whatever was my original thought. And then I knew that the schools were about to be closed. This was, I guess, two Fridays ago. And my family and I were going to Costco because we always go to Costco every other week. And it was our week to go to Costco. And so we picked up my son from school and we headed over to Costco and it was madness, which, okay, first of all, I just have to say, Jay, my husband went and grabbed a cart and then we had to wait in line for them to wipe our cart for us to grab again, which was like, what, why are you wiping the carts after he's already touched it, held Corona in his hands while you wipe it and then put Corona back onto it? it I mean, so- yeah. It really did. Everyone's doing the best they can right now. (laughs) I know. It's true. So I was like, okay, well, that was, that was funny. Like, so it was just like a little weird at first. I'm like, oh, but that's really cool that they're, you know, doing their part to try to keep sanitation at a high. But then we start walking through the store and that was the first time that I started, that I saw the shelves being empty. And that was really weird for me. Like the bread was mostly gone. I mean, all of the the cheap bread was gone. Only the Ezekiel bread, which are the 
Dave's bread or whatever the fancy stuff is. That's what I get anyway. So I was fine. But <laughs> I, it was just weird. And then the chips were gone. And I'm like, okay, people are stocking up on chips and toilet paper. What's going on here? But then what really hit me, this is so silly. But when I got to the chicken, there was a, the giant refrigerator that usually holds all the different parts of the chicken and it was wiped clean. And I was just like, Oh my gosh, this is, this is really happening. And then I, 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 I call my mom and I'm just like, wow, we're, you know, what happens if we run out of food? Like we don't have that much food. Can we come over? Cause my mom has three fridges for just her and her husband. <laughs> so <laughs> I know I love their house. I asked her. Yes. I said, can we come over if we're running low on food? Because I don't know when we'll be able to get more again. And so that was a little nerve wracking. And my, then my mom tells me that she has a, voice memo that my stepsister sent from one of her friends and my stepsister, I really respect her. So I'm thinking, okay, whatever she sent must be legit. It must really hold some weight to it. Now, mind you, I didn't think how, under what context did she send this? Did she say, can you believe that this is what's being sent? Or did she just say, oh my gosh, this is happening. I don't know the context she sent it under, but she sent it to my mom and my mom forwarded it to me. And it was somebody talking about how they know somebody who works in the Pentagon and we better prepare ourselves because we're going to go under quarantine for four weeks in within 48 hours. And I just all of a sudden panicked. <laughs> I just started well, yeah. freaking out because I'm like, oh my gosh, we're going to go under quarantine. I am a people person. I need to be around people all the time. I go and sit at Starbucks all day just to talk to people because <laughs> I need that interaction. And now you're going to tell me that I'm going to be stuck in my house. And my thoughts are, I'll never be able to leave the house. I'll be stuck in my tiny thousand square feet with my husband and my kids. And I'm going to go crazy. And so my husband was, he kind of noticed, these are the thoughts in my head. I don't say all of them out loud. I only say half of them out loud and on repeat. So he's saying, why don't you, why don't you just relax? Everything's okay. And I didn't appear to be freaking out too much, but he could tell that my anxiety was high and I was in a weight loss competition with some friends. And so I texted, yeah, I texted my friends. I'm like, can we call off this weight loss competition and enjoy a pandemic like civilized human beings with a drink in our hand? <laughs> And my friend was like, yeah, that sounds like a great idea. So Jay's like, yeah, why don't you have a drink? And I had a drink and it didn't help. And that also disappointed Jay because it just made me more anxious. And so I finally just went to bed. But that was my freak out. That was my worst case scenario. And then I've since calmed way down, which we can talk about. But that was... uh yeah, that was my moment of, oh my gosh, what is going on? The world is over. I got to run around yeah. like a chicken with my head cut off. I mean, I won't lie. When you told me about that voice, the message or whatever the heck it was, I, after we got off the phone, I was thinking, hmm, that's kind of scary. And like, I let it go through me for a minute and then I let it leave me because I, there is no, you know, there's no validity to it for me until there is. So, right. That's the thing. That's the smart way to approach it is that because there's so much information out there right now. You caught me at a moment where I was able to do that. Who knows if it would have been a different time. It may, may have not handled, I don't know, not handled it that way. But still, I mean, that's, I think we, I'm hoping that we're all kind of coming to this place of realization that there's so much fake news. I hate to use such a coined <laughs> term about this, but I just want to say this before we go on. I, I want to let people know this because I work in marketing and I have a blog and I know how the virtual world works. And it's sad, but true that people want others to click on their website because they get paid when you click on their website. A lot of people, if there are ads on a website, anytime you click it, that's more money in their bank. Some people use that and they will write whatever possible thing they can to get you to click on that website. So it's sad, but true. Okay. Here's the part of the podcast where Gray enters to get his nightly feeding. Please don't mind the baby. So yeah. So people will say what, 
ever they can to get you to click on that site just so they get money. And that means they can make up lies. People lie all the time. I've heard so many stories of, you know, babies dying and like old people. I don't know. I don't even, I don't even want to get into it because it's all fake. So my point is, please, please do not believe what you read on Facebook. Do not believe even the news. My neighbor just got back from New York and he told me that the streets are not as bare as they're showing you on the news. They're still full because it's New York City and there's people everywhere. But the, you know, they can get clips of things that when it's blank for a moment and make it look like it's all the time. So you just really have to be cautious. Yeah. Remember that one news guy with a hurricane recently that was looked like he was being blown away and then people were walking behind him. Nothing yeah. was happening. Same <laughs> yes. idea. One of my favorite quotes or memes from the internet is you can only believe 90, something like this. You can only believe 90% of what you read on the internet quoted Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, yes, that, that is a good thing to put out there that you can get to take everything with a grain of salt, you guys, or maybe like 10 pounds of salt. <laughs> yeah, especially in crisis. Yeah. All right. Well, that's how we are handling it. And I also, I guess before we go on, I do want to note that I got laid off today. So I am in the trenches of the <laughs> aftermath of Corona. So... Yeah there's that the way that we're handling it i mean obviously we're handling it both kind of differently and that is okay it is okay however you are handling it as long as you know you're not hurting yourself or others it's okay Mm -hmm. like if you need to go for a walk outside even if you're in like a quarantine place and i'm quite sure I don't know, but I'm quite sure even in the places that are recommending you shelter in place, it's okay to go in your backyard. It's okay to go walk around your block as long as you're six feet or 10 feet away from another person. Like, yeah, you're still allowed to be a part of this earth. <laughs> you're allowed to be a, a mere earthling. Yeah. Yeah. And if, if you don't want to go outside, you're allowed to sit inside and watch TV all day if that's what makes you feel better. That's okay, too. The governor of Florida... Now, of course, this is Florida where there's uh, America's finest. That's all you have to say. (laughs) No, but the governor of Florida said, you know, it's okay to walk your dog. It's it's okay. Just don't get close to people. You're allowed to take your dog out. Yeah. And I looked it up and even people in Italy are allowed to walk their dogs because you know what? The dog's got to poop. That's essential. Yeah. You need need to make sure the dog feces stays out of your apartment. So, but that's just showing like if, if you maybe don't have a dog. In that case, it's time to go get one so you have an excuse. But <laughs> but for real, like you're allowed to go outside. It's it's not a qu- the quarantine is not restricting you to staying inside at all times. It's not the fog that movie that old movie, The Fog. If you breathed in the fog, it killed you. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not like that. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, even you know, like the whole social distancing thing. If you're not in a place where it's really cracking down yet or at all or whatever might happen. You know, you're, even Sierra was worried because the beaches near her are closed, right? Yeah. And Sierra, that's a place of comfort for Sierra. But you know what? I know, I understand why they're closing it so that there's not people congregating and then not doing the whole social distancing thing. But even if that's the case and you literally can't get on your beach, I haven't gotten to say this to you yet, go drive to the parking lot of the beach mm-hmm. and open the windows Set up a chair there. Make sure no one's around. You're six feet or ten feet away from people. And enjoy the sea air still. It's right there. It's not gone. It's not close to you. It's the earth. It literally can't be close to you. Exactly. I actually, the other day, uh, right after they closed the beaches, I was at my mom's house. And when we left, I'm like, okay, i got to go for a drive. I just need to drive around. And I went to the this park that overlooks Tampa Bay. And I did that. I rolled the windows down. I fed the baby. Mm-hmm. I looked at I looked for boats with my three year old and it was so beautiful yeah. and relaxing. And there were that park wasn't closed, so there was people hammocking, you know, keeping their distance from one another, but there was somebody in a hammock yeah. and some people walking their dogs and it was it was so peaceful because they were but it was cool too because they respected each other. You know, like if someone was walking if two people were walking their dogs towards each other, they kinda the other way. Yeah. To keep and I mean, I would definitely encourage that. Be respectful of the whole situation and be respectful of other people 
probably wanting distance physically to make sure that we're all doing our part, but but still enjoying the earth and the world and their lives, and that's okay to do. This is not something that we've ever gone through before, ever. The last pandemic was 1918. It may have gone into 1919 and 1920. My grandparents, the earliest one, was born in 1924, so that's after that. No one alive right now, unless they're 100 years old plus, has been through this. And even if they've been through it, they probably don't remember. Yeah. My Nana was born in 1917. She wouldn't remember that. And she's no longer here. But Yeah. We can't be expected to handle it with grace and dignity at all times, but that's okay. We can we can figure it out all together as long as we are being respectful of everybody, being respectful of ourselves, and knowing that it's okay. Yeah. And just like Jessica said, if, if going out, like if you need to go outside, that's okay, but also... If you need to sit inside and watch TV because that helps your mind take a break from reality, that that's okay too. Like this is the this is the time to give yourself a break for being a couch potato because there's so mm-hmm. because none of us have ever dealt with this before. We don't. We all have to handle it in our own way. We don't know how to deal with it. Yeah, yet. exactly. So yeah. maybe it's like we need to figure out what the tools are. Yeah. Whether it's going for a walk or staying inside, maybe it's FaceTiming your family, maybe it's pouring yourself a shot of tequila, that's my way of handling my layoff tonight. (laughs) Are you a mama or are you hoping to be one very soon? I want to tell you about one of the tools that has transformed motherhood for me. It's the Expectful app. Expectful is an app that brings you guided meditations specifically centered around parenthood. I'm not even slightly exaggerating when I tell you it kept me sane during my very stressful final day as being pregnant with Gray. Expectful meets you at the stage you are in, whether that's being pregnant or rearing the babies. It even has meditations for seasons of IVF or infertility. And the best part is you can try this all for free. Expectful usually gives you a seven day free trial, but I got us a special code just for our listeners for a 14 day free trial. All you have to do is go to expectful.com slash in raw life. Don't worry. You can find that link in the show notes. And if you end up loving it as much as I do, you can support this small business with the cost of just one Starbucks a month. If you can't afford it, Expectful will work with you so that you can get a subscription for free. That's what it's all about right there. (laughs) Support your mental health, mama, because when you're mentally well, you parent well. Okay, Sierra, you are, well, you're my mental health expert. (laughs) (laughs) You can be the podcast mental health expert since there's only two of us, so I can call you that. I think that's a really big thing to both of us is making sure that mental health is a priority, not just for us, for, but for everybody who surrounds us. And that's part of why we started this podcast was to kind of get that out there because so many people could use help with this. So what is your take on taking care of our mental health through this? First of all, I want to say I'm not a doctor, but I just have had my own experience with depression and anxiety, which you'll learn more about in the next episode. You were supposed to know it already, but <laughs> that's all right. But I also, because of my experience with mental health uh, issues, I am really passionate about it. And I told Jessica that I wasn't even sure if I wanted to do a podcast on this just because of, you know, how everybody's so on edge about it and people are being quick to judge others in all of this and quick to judge themselves. But I, this part actually is what made me want to do an episode on this is the fact that I think we have to be so aware of our mental health in this situation. The virus is, the virus is doing its, its damage to people's lives, but the, the way that it's impacting our mental health is doing a lot of damage as well. And I don't think that everyone is necessarily aware of that. So I've been talking to a lot of different people from, I'm and I've lived in a lot of different places. So I have friends all across the country. And I've noticed that the overall flow of the way people are handling this has a lot to do with their surroundings. So I have friends that are normally really just go-getters, problem solvers, but they're 
you know, you're stuck inside with whoever you're stuck inside with. And some of them are stuck inside with people that have a lot of high anxiety. And I'm noticing that that anxiety is starting to fall onto them. And then I've noticed some of my super anxious friends are by themselves with just their close immediate family and they're super chill about it. And so I'm like, wow, this is so interesting, like how much anxiety breeds anxiety. So I just want to encourage you in that if you're in a situation where you're surrounded by other people who are anxious, try to take a break from that in whatever way you can. I mean, if you're stuck in a house with someone, you can't necessarily, but there's other ways you can like go and sit in your room. If you notice that they're playing the news all the time and that's just giving you more anxious thoughts, step out of the room when they play the news or ask them to stop playing the news. I went over to my mom's house over the weekend and it was so nice because we were so relaxed. We just were by the pool the whole time. The day was wonderful. And then my stepdad came out and starts spitting out coronavirus facts. And I'm just like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, <laughs> we're trying to enjoy ourselves and, and make our ways through this. But this is not healthy to my mental health to just hear all of these stats because it's so, it's gloomy. You know, it's, yes, it's real. And I'm not trying to ignore the fact that there are serious situations here, but I don't need to dwell on it every five minutes or every hour mm -hmm. or even more than once a day. You know, like I, I think I've found that checking a news source that is not a dramatic news source, but, you know, just straight to the facts to get your stats, mm -hmm. get your stats once a day and move on. Reflect on it, know what's going on in the world, but don't dwell on it and don't check the news constantly unless like you really are entertained by that and that's what's going to help you get through. And then that's okay too. <laughs> the theme of this episode, whatever you're doing, it's okay. It's okay. As long as you're not hurting somebody yourself. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, and, and her, a way that you can hurt yourself is by causing yourself mental anguish when you don't need to, when, when it's not necessary. So I just wanted to say too, that if there's, there's certain, I've, okay. I don't, have you heard about the conspiracy theories, Jessica? I don't know. Enlighten. Okay. I've heard uh, quite a few. One is that it was started to get America so crazy that they would assassinate the president. One is that because of whatever deal that the U.S. did with China, more recently, China started it. I've heard also, there's so many things out there that it's just, there's, there's a laundry list of things. And yeah. I think that if you find conspiracy theories entertaining, go ahead, have at it, entertain those ideas. But if they scare you, if you find them freaky in any way, if they, they make you feel like it's the end of the world or something like that, like just stay away from them. Don't believe them. They're conspiracy theories. Yeah. You know, separate yourself from that. Tell people it's, it's always okay to t say to someone, you know what? I don't want to talk about that. Can we change the subject in any case, mm -hmm. no matter what, no matter what it is, because, and you need to hold your mental health to that value that, it, that you find the ability to say that because when you're able to set that boundary on oh my word, it will do so many great things for your mental health. And just hearing like when Sierra says you can tell someone, I don't want to talk about that. Or can you please turn the news off? Stuff like that. Immediately. I think, okay, if I'm with certain people, they're not going to listen. They might jump on me for that. Mm -hmm. And then I talked to Sarah about this. My daughter and I listened to one of our favorite kid podcasts probably two weeks ago that was touching on coronavirus. The name of the podcast is But Why. It's an amazing kids podcast. It's actually really informative for adults too. I would listen to it without her, but I feel bad. And she did an episode on – it's where kids can ask any question in the world. And whatever questions come up a lot, they answer and find experts on it. So it was an episode about coronavirus to kind of to like explain it to kids on their level, which is very much what I do. I'm always pretty straightforward with my daughter, but on her level with what she needs to know, can know, can understand. And that's it. Because I don't want to keep her in the dark. I don't want to lie to her. But I also am not going to freak her out more than necessary either. Yeah. Jessica's daughter is only seven, so... So this podcast was talking about, you know, what it is and explaining it. And in it, she was even talking about, you know, adults are worried too, and that's okay. Adults have not been through this before. They're kind of unsure. And she explained that you guys might be home together a lot more. She said that her family made a pact that they 
would not let themselves get worked up. Because especially when you're stressed out, it's easier to get worked up and fight more or whine more or whatever. So I turned to Emmeline and I said, we're making a pact that we're not going to get up in arms with each other. Like we're not going to fight about things. We're both worried and it's totally understandable. And we're just, we're not going to go there though. If it starts to happen, we're just going to stop it. So I think that would be okay too, to protect your own mental health and the ones that you're surrounded by or quarantined with and love. Make a pact, or even if you don't love them and they're a roommate, but you still got to be with them. (laughs) Make a pact with them. Be like, hey, listen, this is the situation we're in. We need to make sure that it's not, it's not going to get heightened for either of us. So let's make a pact that we're going to, you know, treat each other kindly and be good humans to each other and not let things escalate when we're not agreeing on something. I agree. That makes me think about this book my mom's reading. It's called The Book of Joy, and it's with the Dalai Lama and Desmond Tutu. And in it, I think, I don't remember who, which one said it, but I, I feel like it was the Dalai Lama, but I don't know. Read the book and you'll know. But anyway, they're talking about how, as parents, we want to provide the best for our kids and Our instinct as parents is to protect our children and to, you know, shelter them from harm. But he says, and it was kind of hard. My mom read it to me. It was like kind of hard to hear that it's not equipping them to be strong, capable adults when we shelter them. So even though that's what we want to do because we love them, it's still, it's okay to let them in on this. We talked in Jessica's episode about how her daughter got to see her cry And how she said, you know, mommy can't always be okay. And it's okay to cry. And that's honestly what we're going through right now. Mommy can't always understand what's happening in the world because there's some things that are inexplainable and this is one of them. And so it's, I know that like, it's, of course we want to be strong for our kids in this, but if there's moments where you're feeling weak and your kids see that it's okay. And I also think, (laughs) sorry, got all excited. (laughs) But I also think that if you're, I've noticed in the stress, I'm starting to lash out at my three-year-old a little bit because I'm stressed and I'm overworked and he's at home and I'm supposed to be working while I was, (laughs) but you know, it was, it was a little bit stressful. And so I was getting really frustrated with him quicker than normal. And so it's also okay to tell your kid, Hey, I'm sorry. I've been so short with you. I've got a lot on my mind right now. But everything's going to get better. I just, you know, apologize. I think it's so, so huge when a parent can apologize. (laughs) I do that regularly. And, you know, something, I know I'm all about the positivity and some people call it rose-colored sunglasses, (laughs) but there are a lot of, and I'm not trying to make light of the situation, but there are a lot of silver linings coming out. I've seen all of these stats on Facebook, so hopefully they're true, (laughs) about how pollution in China has gone down Mm -hmm. because they were all shut up for so long, like in their houses and factories were closed down. The canals in Venice apparently are clear, according to residents' pictures there. Yeah. I mean, I've never seen pictures. I've never been to Venice either, but I've seen pictures of their canals and I've heard about them and... They never looked like this before. Well, I looked that up actually because the because some people were like, "Oh, the canals, blah blah blah." You know, everybody's got their two sides of the story. So I mm-hmm. I like to research both sides so I can kind of try to find the truth in the in the middle. Yeah. So the reason that the canals are clear is because the sediment at the bottom is not being churned up from all the boats. So it's not that the canals are dirty normally; it's just that the rocks at the bottom are being churned up. But then there's also Residents are finding dolphins and swans in the canals. Yes, where, I heard about that Yeah, too. where they hadn't before. And then S- Snopes tried to say like, oh, well, the dolphins are regular to to those canals anyway. You know, these people are these people are lying about the dolphins being there. And I'm like, okay, I don't know why anybody would need to lie about giving hope. Even if they are lying, okay, it's a hopeful lie. <laughs> but it seems to me yeah. like it's just residents saying like, oh my gosh, I haven't seen a swan in my canal in forever. And like, you know, I live on Cherry Tree Lane and you can tell me that there's no swans on Cherry Tree Lane. But if I see a swan I'm the only person that knows what's on Cherry Tree Lane because I live there. I see it daily. So I can tell you that egrets are regular on Cherry Tree Lane. Swans are not. So if a swan shows up, I'm going to take a picture and tell you about it. It's a big deal. It's a big deal. (laughs) 
some of the other positive things that I have seen come out is I live in a small town. And so there are a lot of small businesses here in this town, Mm -hmm. boutiques, shops, restaurants, which are all amazing. And I love that part of here, but they are being hit hard and they are coming up with such creative ways to keep business going. I mean, they're doing like, you know, the restaurants are doing to go and curbside pickup or delivery. And even some of the boutiques are doing virtual shopping and will deliver or curbside pickup, stuff like that. And they're coming up with new products or new ways. One of the cookie ladies around here who makes the most delicious cookies ever. She, because kids are out of school, she's now marketing cookies that you can paint on. Mm -hmm. You get a little palette of frosting. So it's art class. She's doing ones, I think, that are like have to do spelling and stuff like that or tic-tac-toe, like games, all different things. And these are cookies. That's not something, it's probably something maybe she thought of before, but she's really marketing it right now because Mm -hmm. one, they're delicious and keep her business going. And two, the kids can get something out of it. That's cool. And like our local soap shop, who's been open a year or so now, she is big time making way more hand sanitizer right now. So people can be using it (laughs) and it's fueling her small business. So she's not going to lose her business and, you know, be able to recover from this stuff like that. I saw even, I know Moe's is not a small business, but we have a Moe's here and they were marketing, at least the local one was marketing putting together a family meal kit that can be picked up. So that way it's, oh, that's awesome. you still get it, but it's still kind of exciting and different than just ordering and picking up. So I've seen things like that. And then I've also seen the flip side, still positive, not the negative, but I've seen where some businesses, you know, some businesses just can't operate right now, but I've heard of really cool things happening even in those situations. So one of my in-laws her maid, nobody wants anybody in their house. Clean. I mean, yeah, she's cleaning, but mm-hmm. you know, still, what if she's carrying the virus? Um, and they live in New York, so they're really not taking any risks. And so even though the maid can't come, they're still paying her. I've just, I've seen, like, I've heard of people tipping huge right now, just because in places that you can only take out right now, but you can still tip on takeout. And so just to help kind of, you know, stimulate the economy, keep people in business, and uh, and help, yeah, just help people have a little bit more ease. Because the other thing is that these people are working longer hours. They're, they can't even get something on the shelf before it's taken off. I mean, it's just, they're being overworked. The people at the local grocery stores and everything, they're working harder than ever. So any chance that you can find to to thank them or just yeah, anyway. give them some relief. Yeah, I... I definitely want to say a quick, and I believe it's from both of us or all of us, whoever us is. I mean, thank you to all the essential workers out there who are doing what they can and what they need to do for all of us too. I know that they're working because they, I mean, they need the money. They need to be working. They can't be losing their job right now, but they're doing it for everyone too. The grocery store workers, the definitely all the health field, the truck drivers, making sure that those deliveries are being made. I work at a preschool and we are still open because, yeah, the schools are closed, but parents are still working and those little ones need somewhere to go. Mm -hmm. School age kids might be a little different because they're older or the four and under. They can't stay home by themselves. So, you know, like we're there every day too and keep going and working harder. I mean, there's less kids showing up, but we're working harder because we're making, we're sanitizing times 5,000 and yeah, there's there's a lot of people out there and there's more than I can think of right now that I just named, but making sure that, that we all can do what we need to do and making sure that the people that are able to social distance do it. And thank you to those people who are totally able to do it and are doing it because you are helping the issue as well. I haven't gone to Starbucks in a week and I'm just telling you that's real challenging for me. Thank you, Sierra. <laughs> no, it's true though. And I mean, you have to think about all the people that are still going into work and what they're, you know, like, cause they say like, oh, if you're young, you'll be fine, blah, blah, blah. But you don't know what they have at home. I mean, I have a friend. Yeah, it has nothing to do with that. Yeah. I have a, I have a friend who's a nurse and her husband has asthma and she's still going to work. You know, that's, that's risky. The people that are working are risking things. And so, and some people stop working and that I respect that too. If you, you know, mm-hmm. even if you work at Target and you're like, nope, nope, I'm going to social distance at home. Thank you. I hope they give you your job back because you're, 
you know, we all have to do what's best for our situation. So one other thing I want to touch on is the, the joy in this, because like Jessica said, she, like, she doesn't want to downplay this. I don't, I don't want to downplay that either. I think the virus itself, you know, the harm it's causing to people is very sad. The harm it's causing to mental health is very sad. And the harm that it's causing our economy is very sad. <laughs> and I was thinking this earlier and I felt bad about it. So this weekend, there came a point where I just kind of paused and realized that I had actually hung out with my family for the first time, I want to say since Gray was born, which is four months. He just turned four months on Sunday. And that's heartbreaking to me because, I mean, I would, you know, I would hang out with Arrow before Gray was born. And I like hang out with my husband all the time. We're married, you know, we do married things, but I, like I hadn't actually spent time like as a family because I'm working from home and it's exhausting and I'm raising a three-year-old and that's exhausting. And now I have a brand new baby, which is also exhausting. And I would make those excuses, but I sat there and I, I honestly had tears in my eyes because I'm like, oh my gosh, this is what life is about. It's about being with my family. It's not about piling my to-do list, going to baseball and grocery shopping and doing all of the, the art projects and seeing all the friends. It's, I, I had been in such a place of rush and hurry that I had lost sight of what really matters in life, which is my family. And I didn't prioritize that. And so there's this part of me that was like, man, I needed this. It was a, a very gentle wake up call for me because all I did in all of it was lose my job. You know, like other people have more serious things that are going on, but I am grateful for it. As terrible as that sounds, I'm, I, I needed it. I needed it. It's like a slap in the face. And I, I needed that. I, I think it was much gentler than I deserved because I had just been, I was so stuck in doing that I was missing out on living. And that broke my heart and actually brought me to tears, which is really hard for me to get to tears. So, Yeah. I mean, I keep seeing these things. A lot of the people that I follow who are very positive and about healing and stuff like that is talking about, it's like mother nature or earth just need, earth needed us to take a minute so that earth could heal a little bit and we all could heal a little bit in our own weird, different ways. And I mean, it kind of, I've said this to Sierra, I keep thinking, you know, especially with everyone saying, make sure you wash your hands, make sure you do this stuff, make sure you do that stuff. I'm like, well, you know what? It's, those are some things we should have all been practicing before. And I hope we all were, but you know, it's kind of reminding everybody and maybe we'll actually stick to it. You should always wash your hands after you blow your nose or cough or before you eat or touch your face. I mean, I know I'm not the best. I touch my face constantly. I think we all do. We're all very, very aware of I don't of think that any of us knew how much we touched our face until about <laughs> yeah, two weeks exactly. ago. <laughs> but, you know, and just like getting back to practices like that and also getting back to the basics and simplifying with the people who are number one in our life, our family and our, whoever's closest to us, whoever we deem our family. Even I was just talking to my dad the other day. He and my stepmom are finally, they're staying at home and simplifying. And it's, you know, my dad, we're not up there, so it's not like we see him. He's not near grandchildren and stuff. He keeps very busy. He's very active. He even said to me, you know, usually I would, on a Saturday, go to four or five different stores for different things. And today I just, we drove to the park, took a walk, and drove home. And that was weird, but it was really nice. And I was like, yeah, that's living minimalistically. And it's really, really nice. And maybe you should try it from now on. That's a good thing. Mm -hmm taking it easy and slowing down and realizing that you don't need all of those things that you're doing to keep yourself busy or that you think you need. I've been on a journey of trying to simplify and live a little more minimalistic in general. This is, you know, even schedule wise, make sure you're bringing it back to your core people and realizing that, oh, hey, I like these people. They're really cool. Yeah. And this isn't scary to to be somewhere with them for an extended period of time. <laughs> this is actually really nice and fun. Yeah. It's that gave me, it gave me the same kind of realization that I put so much on my plate and how much of it is actually essential. Like you said, your dad goes to five different stores in a Saturday. You know, did he have to? And what is he doing? Is he buying stuff he actually needs? I mean, I'm yeah. definitely guilty of that going and shopping and thinking, 
you know, I try not to buy things because I'm trying not to put our family in debt, but I sometimes will make excuses to buy food that I don't need, which is like, I mean, it seems okay because you're just buying food, but really it's so over, overly excessive sometimes. And it's just, I don't know. It's really, it's been so nice to, like you said, bring it back to the basics and reset. And it's funny because I found myself thinking, oh man, this is so nice. I kind of want, don't want it to end. You know, not that I don't want it to end. Like I want our economy to be fine and I don't want people to get sick, but there's this part of me that likes the fact that I'm being forced to stay at home. And to that, I just had to realize, even though social distancing ends, which it will, doesn't mean that I have to end this practice of slowing down, being with my family, taking a breath, being intentional with my scheduling, being intentional with my every move. Honestly, you just, I feel like we're more aware being intentional with how often we touch our face. It's, it's all, this is our one life that we get to live. And the earth is saying, thank you for finally remembering what it's like to just be a human instead of going through Uh your robotic endless schedule. That's the healing that we're getting. Whatever parts of the social distancing and quarantine that you liked, guess what? You don't have to use that as an excuse. You can just be like, this is the type of life I want to live. I love that you called it healing. It just reminded me of like of a tree. When you prune a tree, you have to cut away the dead branches. And that's really, it's kind of beautiful that this is, I mean, I don't, I don't want to call the virus beautiful. That aspect's not. But the things that we're realizing. No, but the healing process. It's a healing process. It is. You have to, you have to make cuts in what is a really beautiful plant in order to make it grow even stronger. And right now we're making cuts on our social life. We're making cuts in lots of things. Yeah. It's just. Wait, making cuts in toilet paper. (laughs) (laughs) Apparently. (laughs) I wish I had a friend who she asked her husband, when you take the toilet paper off the roll, do you go like this? Or like this. <laughs> We're not going to be able to explain that. <laughs> I hate when people on podcasts do that too. I'm like, what? What are you doing? I don't, I don't know. know how to explain this. She's like, Did you, do you go like this? Roll it forward over your yes. hands or roll it backwards you. over your yes. hands. And he goes, there is no this. I just take what I need. He's like, how much toilet paper are you using? <laughs> yeah, I've seen that there's toilet paper calculators now to figure it out. What? Apparently a 30 pack would last a family of four way longer than these people are thinking they need it for. <laughs> I don't know. I'm I've, I'm good on toilet paper for a little bit longer, but I'm out of paper towels. So before we end, I just wanted to talk about a couple of stories that we, our own experiences and what we've seen out in the moments of non-social distancing. So I was at Target the other day because I needed groceries. And... Everybody was doing their part in keeping their six feet distance, which was good and respectful, but it broke my heart because I would smile at people because, you know, like we're still humans and people were not smiling back. And I got so sad. They must've thought my smile carried Corona or something with them. And I was just like, no, this is like, we're we're still, we still have to be humans. We still have to love one another and we can do that at six feet apart. It's okay to smile. And then I turned the aisle into the bread aisle, which is just a scary aisle. If you look at it, cause I like, I've yet to see bread stocked. And so this particular aisle had, it had a Dave's bagels and an Ezekiel bread again, like nothing, none of the basic breads, no buns, no nothing. And there's a guy standing there at his cart and it, he was just kind of staring off and it broke my heart because you could tell like he was who knows where he was. He, you know, he was not at Target. He was in the thoughts in his head and he paused his his roller coaster of emotions in his head. And because he noticed that I was there and he sniffled and then he looked at me and was like, I'm, I'm sorry. And my heart just broke for him because I had no idea where he was. I don't know what he was going through. I don't know if he was sniffling because 
he was crying, if he was sniffling because he had allergies and he was apologizing because everybody thinks his allergies is Corona, even though sniffles have nothing to do with it. You know, I have no idea what he was apologizing for. I have no idea where his headspace was, but it broke my heart into a thousand pieces and I could not get that guy out of my mind the rest of the night. So I just went home and prayed for him every time I thought about him because I know that there are some people who are so isolated that it's lonely and oh my gosh, my heart, my heart just couldn't handle him. I wanted to hug him, but then, you know, people would jump on me for hugging a stranger at this time. So I didn't do it, but yeah, it broke my heart. Sorry. It's, it's interesting how, I mean, I'm seven hours away. I'm a seven hour drive away from you. And we are really social distancing. Super social distancing. (laughs) We've been practicing this forever. (laughs) But I went to Kroger this weekend earlier on Saturday so that in hopes that there would be less people and I would, you know, come in contact with less people and just whether it's them or me or whatever, just try to be respectful of everyone. And one, our bread aisle was full. It did have notes and they were talking about it over the loudspeaker. I'm so jealous. (laughs) That only... Only one loaf per person. So I think they're just on top of it. They're they're not letting it get there. And I, yeah, I mean, I smiled at people because I, I try to smile at people because I know I have a really good or bad RBF. <laughs> I don't know which adjective you would put with that. But I have tried in my older years <laughs> at a young 33 that to just smile more because it's that's what's inside me. I just usually didn't let it out. So I try to smile at people because I know they could use it and it's nice for them and it's nice for me. And if they smile back, that's even better because then it's reciprocal. So, you know, I'm smiling at people and I'm keeping my distance. And especially if I see someone who's a little older, I definitely try to keep my distance because I want to be respectful. So I got smiles back and then I go and do the self-checkout because I was able to. And I hear someone behind me She's a little older than me, and the the young girl was helping her, who's in charge of the self-checkout, was helping her with whatever she needed help with. And the lady goes, thank you so much. And she said, oh, no problem. She said, no, thank you for working and, and keeping this going or something like that. And the girl was just, I mean, she was appreciative of the thank you and kind of walked away smiling. And I turned around and smiled at her to show her that I feel the same way. And I was like, that that that's the good right there. There are good people. It's There are good people, you know? to kind of balance that out, the people not smiling at you. I know, and I appreciate that. And that just, again, shows what you're surrounding yourself with. Not that I have a choice on, we all, none of us have a choice, really. Right now, we're, like, we're quarantined with people that we may or may not have chosen. And so you just have to recognize that, and like, it's refreshing to hear that, that it's not everybody, that not everybody thinks smiles carry corona, that, you know, you have to look for the good in these situations and find it however you can. So for me, it was telling you this story and then hearing your story in exchange to like give me some relief. And I think that all of us out there can stand to, to find the positive stories or make the positive stories be the positive story. Yeah, exactly. And, and it might mean for some of us that we have to turn off social media. We have to turn off the news and just take a break from it because We've got right now more than ever, we need to fill our lives and our hearts with positive news, not the dramatic news. Even if the dramatic news is true, you don't have to fill your heart with it. Just put things in your life that make you happy. Maybe it's, you know, putting on your favorite music or hanging out with your favorite child because we all have our favorites. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Totally kidding. I love mine equally. Um, But, you know, doing something that will bring you joy, if it's watching Netflix, if it's going for a walk, if it's cuddling with your cat, whatever it is, just do it. Do those those self-medicating things without (laughs) self-medicating or with, depending on the night. (laughs) And a reminder, you know, six feet really isn't that far away. It's not. If that's what's recommended. I have I saw some video with Mel Brooks and his son, the two of them made. I didn't listen to it. I just saw like a quick clip of it. So I got the gist. And Mel Brooks is in his house behind his big glass window and he's waving at his son. 
and his son's on the outside of the house. They're visiting. Hey, I can see you. I'm not spreading any germs to you, but we're right here. It's okay. We still have a relationship, and I can talk to you. And FaceTime, we live in a time where there is such amazing technology that we can FaceTime those that we love anywhere. I've actually talked to people, my dad and my brother and my grandmother, more in the past week or two than I do usually. Mm-hmm. And I love them a lot. It's given people that, that one, the time, and two, the more even more of a reason to want to connect. Mm-hmm. So we are. I saw another, the social distancing thing. One of my favorite Instagrammers is Mommy Shorts. She's amazing. She lives in New York City and she has a house out on Long Island somewhere. And her dad, who's, you know, in the older age bracket, has been protecting himself and mostly self-quarantining and all that kind of stuff. He wanted to see them, so he went out to their house. But he stayed more than six feet away from them. Still hung out. And if you think about it, When you're having a family gathering, you're not always right there on top of them. Sometimes the kids are on the swing set and grandpa's sitting over there and they're still having a conversation. That's okay. Yeah. They didn't get to give a hug or anything, but you know, that's doing, that's still being with those you love and being there for them without touching them. And then I saw the cutest thing. I was, I picked up my daughter yesterday from her dad's who lives two hours away. And so we're driving back through his neighborhood and I look over and I see this kind of younger couple or two people, whoever they were, sitting on the hood of their car in a driveway. And I was like, what's going on there? Just because it piqued my interest. And there's a slightly older woman who's probably a relative or neighbor or something standing about six to 10 feet away from them. And they're talking. And I'm like, you know what? They probably came over to visit and they're social distancing. Mm -hmm. And that is just, I loved it. I thought it was so sweet. That is. I love that too. I I joked with a friend, but it wasn't a joke, that I'd go for a walk with them and keep our distance. Yeah. I, I mean, and that's okay, too. I also saw, I saw something on Instagram where people in Italy were playing ping pong. They were neighbors, and they were playing from the window. And I'm amazed oh, that, that they didn't fun. lose the ball. I don't know how they did that. Yeah. But... I mean, yeah, in Italy and I think Spain, they've done apartment complexes who are playing music together like on their balcony of different instruments and singing yeah it's beautiful they're coming together as a community and there we still can we definitely oh do you want to speaking of the community share the sidewalk chalk oh yes so if you haven't heard about it because sierra hadn't heard about it and i was surprised she hadn't so in it i think it started in in italy i'm not positive but they kids started drawing rainbows and putting it in their windows. I don't know if they did the sidewalk thing. And they wrote on it, and I'm sorry because I don't speak Italian. They wrote on it, Andra tutto bene, which means everything will be fine. That's what it translates to. And people here in America have started doing it in their windows. And then people have started doing it on their sidewalk or driveways. And even here in my little small town, somebody started a Facebook page of Chalk Your Walk is what it's called, saying if you're not doing that or writing something positive or pretty on your sidewalk or driveway and letting people know about it. So that way when you're walk, people are going on these walks because more people are going on walks right now, you'll see like all these beautiful pictures and messages. And I just thought that was so cute. I saw another thing where people, especially around uh, St. Patrick's Day, were putting shamrocks up in their windows so that when kids were going on walks, they could count them, how many they see. Oh, that's so sweet. It would be a fun thing. So we can come t- together as a community in all of this, too. Yeah. And show each other a little more love than maybe we usually do. Absolutely. You can talk. You can talk at a distance. Especially if you do, like you said, there's older people that just need conversation. And so mm-hmm. if you have a neighbor that you can talk to over a fence... Just do it. You know, like now we have time more than ever to get to know our neighbors, even though it's at a distance. Well, Jessica, I have to say that I love connecting with you every week in our podcast, even though we're so far apart. And I'm really grateful that this has kind of been a reminder of just, I don't know, just pausing to appreciate the people that are so great in our lives, yeah. including this fussy baby who I've got to get to bed. So <laughs> on that note, thank you all for joining us. And 
joining us at a time that is chaotic, different than normal. I know that we have lots of extra time on our hands, and so it really is an honor to us that you have chosen to listen to our podcast in that time that you have. We hope you stick around. And also, we would love for you to be part of the show. I think now more than ever, we're realizing that it's important to be better humans. And we want to know what that means to you. So send us an email with either an audio clip or a written out email, old school, of what it means to you to be a better human. And we might just feature you on our show. And you can send that email to... And you can always remember the email address because I will forever forget to tell it to you. Send that email to podcast at inrawlife.com. And if you enjoyed this episode, please rate, review, and subscribe. You can find us on Instagram at the In Raw Life Podcast. And until next week, please stay healthy, stay positive, and stay six feet away from your friends. Bye. Did you shoot or poop? I don't know, Bob. Got some stinky toes. Got some stinky toes. He hasn't pooped in like three days, so, you know. Oh, he's stressed too. (laughs) (laughs) That happens to me too, bud. (laughs) You know, just because social distancing ends, which it will. (laughs) Wow. There's that three days worth. It's gonna be so interesting to edit. <laughs> it's alright, I got my thought process done. Just got us on Pope when she's stressed. <laughs>